everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you are brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. Tonight, we brought on an amazing guest. Her name is Mishy, aka Michelle Sutterfield, who is the influencer manager at Wizards of the Coast. My first Wizard of the Coast employee. I'm very excited about this. Um, reached out to her a little bit ago and she agreed to come on and I'm super pumped to you know present this episode with you all um we talked about content creation what it's like to be an influencer manager what it's like to really you know sort of market yourself as a content creator and talking about the highs and lows of content creation as well as we dive deep into you know magic the gathering talk and then at the end we talk a little bit about D, as well as a very smidgen of star trek at the very end and um yeah, so before we begin, let's get a little ad out of the way here. We are brought to you by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is the place to buy magic singles and sealed product out there. If your order is over $2 or more, you will get free shipping at MT or LegitMTG.com. That is LegitMTG.com. Get your free shipping for any order over $2 or more today. So without further ado, please help me welcome Mishy to the podcast. Okay, everything looks good. All right, and Zuby here, and I have here with me my first official Wizards of the Coast employee on the Magic with Zuby podcast. I have Michelle Sutterfield, a.k.a. Mishy, um, yeah. who is the influencer manager at mm -hmm. Wizards of the Coast. And how's it going, Mishy? You know, it's doing good. Thank you so much for having me, Zuby. I'm really excited that we got to, um, you know, make this happen and, and talk. Uh, you asked me to talk about our community today, and that happens to be like my favorite topic ever. So <laughs> no. to talk about them. Yeah, I'm awesome. In. Awesome. No, I'm, gl I'm glad to ha that you actually responded. I'm just like, oh, let me just, you know, shoot out. And that that's one thing I always tell like other content creators, like who are just starting and, and always wonder like, oh, how'd you get so-and-so on the podcast or how are you doing? So you just ask them like, what, right? you just, that's, yeah, I tell them too. They're like, how do I get started? How do I network? You ask, <laughs> you yeah. just go out and ask, you know, Sometimes you don't get an answer. Sometimes you don't get oh, the yeah. answer you want, but that's not hurting you with your content. What's hurting you is not going out there and, and finding yeah. those opportunities, right? And um, the more the opportunities say yes and come in, then it just broadens you up even more. So that's that's great that you're going out and doing that. Yeah, it's sort of like, I mean, I'm not a salesperson by any means, but it's always, you always hear about salespeople, they'll get 5 million no's and that one yes will yeah. be the big, breakthrough whatever that breakthrough may be um so i guess i want to start off with influencer manager yeah i i am i i know that you know you're really really um you know well known around the twitterverse and magic and um you know you're you pretty much pop up everywhere it seems like and um i live on the internet <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i just want to know what is an influencer manager what does that exactly mean Sure, that's a great question because I think a lot of people have no idea what that means and they just see me and they're like, you'll work with streamers, I guess? Yeah, you're Which on Twitter like... all day and... <laughs> oh no, I think I just lost your audio here. Uh-oh, I think we're having some technical difficulties. The audio, I just lost it. Uh, are you there? Nope, I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties, folks. We'll get through this here. I am going to stop it and... 
All right, so we're back. We had a little bit of minor technical difficulties. So I think what I was asking you was exactly what does an influencer manager mean? Like, what, what is, yep. what is, what do you do? So other than get to play on the internet all of the time, um, <laughs> I influencer management is basically also known as a relationship manager. So if you mm -hmm. see some people with like relationship manager on their profiles, um, that's usually an influencer manager too. Also known as influencer marketing, uh, you know, relationship marketing, um, partnership marketing. These are all kind of within the same bucket. Um, a lot of people like to give flack for the word influencer or influencer manager, but I own it because I really like self-explanatory titles, mm -hmm. which happens to be what it is. Um, so I manage any uh, outward source, um, usually individuals that influence uh, a community of people, okay. um, so have some sort of influential, um, I guess you could say power, so to speak, but it's really just who they are and, and people trust their, their words, right? And so um, I manage anything to do with uh, our product, uh, specifically Magic the Gathering Arena, though I do help out with the other aspects of Magic, but that's the one I focus on the most in using the influencers, so content creators such as yourself who have an audience who who listen to you and who trust your words to uh, basically uh, use that as a platform of marketing. Um, now, when people see marketing and trust, they usually don't put those together because they're like, oh, marketing, that's not to be trusted. Yeah. Um, but I think that the best, uh, and this goes with community managers too, you'll see a lot of influencer managers are also community managers mm -hmm. or had at least come from that background. Um, community managers and influencer managers really do care. And that sounds really weird because a lot of people are like, no, you don't, you don't listen to anything I'm saying on the internet. But it's, no, we really do care. Part of our job is being an advocate for the community as well as the company and yeah. taking both sides, right? And, and finding a solution for both. And so with influencer management, uh, I'm an advocate for the creators, I'm an advocate for the company, and then I work on marketing material that can be beneficial for both. Um, because of course we want something to be beneficial on a marketing standpoint for, for Wizards of the Coast, um, but we also want to be beneficial to our awesome creators who are making content out there uh, that people love. And so that's what I do is I work on those relationships. I work on, uh, I guess you could say sponsorships and rewards. Um, I work on events and uh, pretty much any other tie in for marketing in that aspect. Okay, it's very interesting. So what is, um, how do you, I mean, obviously when you're seeking out influencers, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's really easy to find the top of the top out there because and those oh, yeah. are gonna be the easiest ones to reach out to. Now, when looking at other influencers that maybe don't have the biggest audience out there, you know, what are your sort of ways you seek those kind of individuals out? Sure. I say that the best way is seeing how they are growing their communities, right? Um, we, and, and I personally really like to work with um, influencers or, or content creators that are putting in the effort, making really original and entertaining content um, and, and are building a community around them. Excuse me. And, um, you know, us at Wizards, we have a really great 
uh, value set that you can actually see on our website. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that is like stewardship, um, inclusivity, empowerment. And I actually keep those values printed out by my desk because I find them a really amazing uh, guiding like light and goals, um, not just for the company, but for my work and the people that we want to be bringing in as representatives of the game, which is in fact what influencers are. They are representatives of the game itself. And so if you are, you know, not the, uh, let's say the the day nines of the world or the Brian Kimblers <laughs> of the world. Um, that's not to say that you don't have a spot here in our community. In fact, we, we do have a spot for you and are very excited for you to be here. Um, what we like to see, however, is uh, dedication um, and growth. Um, we wanna see some sort of growth going on. And, um, you know, we will help out with that growth, but it's ultimately not all the way up to us. Um, Really, whenever someone comes in and for like sponsored content, for example, and this is just across the board, this isn't just for wizards. Um, This is just across the board for anyone that is going to be working with companies. Um, A company needs to feel like they are um, investing in someone, right? That is going to, to, to give them something of value back. And those values can, can change um, depending on the goals of that time. So most people think, well, the value is more money. People are going to be spending more money on their product. That's why those people are getting the most. But, you know, sometimes we have other goals. We have other goals like uh, making a community a safe experience, making a community more inclusive, making a community uh, overall entertaining and fun, you know? And so we, whatever goals that we have at the time, that's who we try to bring in is who can fulfill those goals the most. Okay, very nice, very nice. It's um, it's very strange, I guess, Um, just when you think about the overall landscape of just marketing in general and how vastly it's changed just in yeah. a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, because let's see, what was it, 10, 15 years ago, you know, if, if you were, you know, a fan of Magic, wanted to make videos or something like that, it's, you know, social media wasn't really, ex- non-existent for the most part you know yeah and you know there wasn't really easy ways to really get known out there like it is now it's 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 crazy to me how you know me i'm over in little old florida here you know if and i can you know talk to someone over in seattle washington and we can have this conversation here we you know you're with wizards of the coast you know if i tried to do this 15 years ago it'd be like probably have to write an email and never hear back from anybody and you know yeah and then maybe have to do it in real life because this technology even you know no it's true and um I've actually worked in the, I guess you could say, influencer space for quite a long time um, before it was even recognized as a space you could be in. Um, A few, I'd say my first real experience with it was when it was really early called like affiliate marketing Mm -hmm. Uh, is like an earlier um, term that was used. Um, I worked for Beloved Shirts for a while. We used uh, YouTubers as affiliate marketing materials for a really long time there. Um, I know a couple jobs in between then, but then right before Wizards of the Coast, I did work for a YouTuber um, and he had five channels. And so the office was basically just a, a YouTube production studio. And uh, he had been streaming Minecraft since he since 2006. 
you know, oh, so he was wow. a pretty, yeah, pretty prolific uh, YouTuber. I think the combined subs of all five channels was about 25 million at the time I was working for him. Jeez. And, um, you know, we I worked on the, the influencer side, you know, and so there was some sponsorships that would come in and then we'd work out content and stuff in between then. And then I transitioned to come over to Wizards of the Coast as a Magic Online's community manager. I was actually Mitko's community manager, which I will forever love that community. Um, and uh, I was, I remember I was walking past like a room one day and I was a contractor at this time too. So yeah. I was a contractor with Wizards. I was walking past a room and I saw like early, early builds of MTG Arena. And it like stopped oh, me in my tracks. Nice. Yeah, I know. And it like stopped me in my tracks and I was like, I want to work on that game, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I like snuck myself into some meetings uh, and uh, basically it was like, hey, you all need to have a influencer manager for this game. And everyone's like, what is that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's this great thing that everyone's going to have in a year from now. So why don't we be one of the first? And, uh, you know, wrote out some reports and convinced them to create the position for me, which has never been here at Wizards of the Coast before. Nice. And um, now have been able to make this amazing uh, program that I get to add to every single day for, for the creators and being able to see the boost of creators that we've had in oh the past year, gosh. too. Oh, my gosh. It's been it's insane. Been Amazing. It's been insane. So I've been in content creation for Magic since uh, the podcast is over three years old, but mm -hmm. I've been writing blogs and articles, what, I think since 2014, 2015, whenever M15 came out, I think that was okay. 2014. Yep. Um, and that's when I first started getting into articles and all that stuff and started the podcast in 2016. And I feel like even the, even in 2016, there was a lot of content creators and all that. Yeah. But I felt like I knew almost everyone, at least most of the Americans and English people. Sure. At, or UK people, I should say. Um, and then and then like as soon as Magic Arena like hit when it went into the not the open beta, but the closed beta that invited like thousands upon thousands of people. That's when it just started exploding. And I'm like, I, I feel like a lot of times when I see Magic Arena, whenever they list like the featured streamers or the featured con content creators, I'm like, who's that now? I, I have, I can't keep up with it anymore. Like, how do you I keep up? <laughs> right, and that's why we do those as well. Like, we have so many amazing creators that are are spending a lot of time and effort making great content. You know, they're really going out of your way, yeah. you included, to make this great content. And we have so many that um, when we started the featured creator process, uh, <laughs> we were not fully expecting um, the influx of applications that we have received. Um, but that's not stopping us, <laughs> you know? So that's, uh, you know, we, we send out a lot of thank you for your patience. We will get to you. We promise, uh, yeah. emails. Um, and thank goodness everyone in the community is so patient and so happy and supportive of each other. Um, because that helps me and my team out quite a bit. Um, but it's, it's wonderful that we can feature one person every single day, you know, in the business day of the office yeah. and we still have not had a duplicate and for oh, oh, I think over a year now we've been doing this and um, of those features and we still have a lot more to go through too and like so I just love that we have the opportunity to, to give someone like a special day that's like hey introduce you to our community this is who this person is they've been streaming magic you should check them out if they're not for you that's okay but maybe the person tomorrow is you know yeah um 
and and for those that do like the person today that's awesome too yeah it, it's crazy the explosion of it i i, I remember talking about um and, and this isn't too you know talk bad about magic online magic online has had its problems and all that it's everyone everyone who's familiar with it knows and um but i remember when magic arena was like first coming out i'm like i, I remember telling people like you got to jump on magic arena it's like you have to regardless of how you feel about it and all that and we know magic arena has its issues too it's not the perfect program all games do also it's still in beta <laughs> i know and it is in beta but it's i i do have to say um it's Definitely, because I've been playing less and less Paper Magic. Not because it's not not because of Magic Arena or anything like that. It's just personal preference. It's um, okay. I've been getting heavily into D and D lately, and I've Love been D &D. I've been working really hard to build up my local D and D community because awesome. the, the Magic community here it's nice and solid and awesome. And my local game store owner, he you know noticed I was really interested in D and D, so he's like you know help me build it up, and I'm like. So Great. since the beginning of this year, I've been working hard to build up the community here locally. And um, he's also at, he now he's tasked me for at later this year to come up with a Christmas campaign for some kids and parents for um, so and now now I'm just like, oh, crap. Now I got to <laughs> at least I've got a couple months to prepare. But now I've got to yeah. like start preparing because he wants to start bringing like, he wants to have kids and parents come play D D too and wants that's me so to be cool. in charge of that i'm like oh man <laughs> that's awesome though i yeah. mean just just having that responsibility and trust on you is like first of all just really cool oh yeah um and also we can totally sidetrack and talk about D because i love D. &D. oh yeah <laughs> it's um had, yeah i've had a lot more experience with D, &D um before before working for wizards than magic actually yeah My, that's right because you might you mentioned something very interesting before we started recording it's um because one of the things i always love asking is you know when did you start getting into magic and you told me something very interesting <laughs> yeah so i said that before i started working for wizards i had only actually played two games of magic in in my life <laughs> um and i will admit i will be this person that it was for a cute boy that i was like teach me to play that game and then <laughs> And I was like, actually, this is pretty cool. And yeah. I end up having a lot of friends in these circles, right? And um, so the the idea when when um, Wizards, the, the opportunity arose, it was not necessarily the same re, uh, response as most people, which is, I love this game. I need to go play it. It was more, I love this community. I want to go manage it. <laughs> and that's like, I feel like that's even like geekier, <laughs> but it's true. Like I loved the people that I met around the game and um, the close friends that I had, they ended up being like some of my most favorite looked up to most respected friends. And so I saw this correlation, right? And um, I had the history of, of making communities around games and around geek culture. And um, Magic had that vast history of yeah. just being one of the best, if not the best games on the planet for so long. And so having the opportunity to come in and help curate the community, help manage it, help flourish it was just like, of course, I'm gonna take that. And I've I've been loving it. I love the I love the magic community so much. In fact, all wizards communities I really do love. And it's been so rewarding uh working for wizards and and really working for the community itself. 
Oh yeah, it's. I, I do have to say the Magic community will always hold a special place in my heart when I'm long done with this podcast. I've made lifelong friends starting this podcast. It's people I would have never met had I not yeah. done this podcast before. Um, you know, just to give a little shout out, there's Total MTG over in um UK. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. one of my really good buddies, and you know, John Dunning of They Said We Said, where I do the Ten Street Hooligans with, and which you. <laughs> Uh, Pixie Kitten, who was just featured recently. I love her. Oh my gosh. She's she's so great. Awesome. I've loved watching her grow. And oh I know she has a lot more growing in her too. I've, you know, she's probably going to be like, when she hears this, she'll be like, oh my gosh, because I've been watching her <laughs> secretly. So, um, like, you think I'm everywhere on the internet? Well, that's only the stuff that I'm reacting to. Oh, okay, like, okay. I, I am listening. I am watching. I am, I'm just consuming so much of everything. Everyone, and I do secret uh, watches of people all the time. <laughs> so, and I tell this to Pixie Kitten, Pixie. I know you're probably listening. Your vid, she she says like, oh, my videos are bad and all that stuff. I'm like, no. And I would tell her, and I'm I'm pretty direct with people. If I don't like your stuff, it's I'm gonna tell you, right? But I freaking <laughs> love her videos. Oh, oh yeah, it's a. For, for the people I like, it'll be, well, no, it's, I'm not a hater or anything like that. <laughs> no, we should, always, we should always be constructive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, if, if, if it's, you know, and, and I've told this to other, of other, my friends, it's like, I didn't really care for your video. It just wasn't for me or anything like that, you know, stuff like that. But with Pixie Kittens videos, they are hilarious. They're just that I, I literally crack out loud. Like it's, um, I don't know if you ever heard of red letter media. Um, so I don't think so. The, what have they done? No, no, it's just a big YouTube channel. They review okay. movies a lot, and m- my wife okay. will always complain because I'll cackle and howl how funny <laughs> they are. I'll do yeah. the same with Pixie's videos too, where I'll just cackle and howl. So and she, so like I said, I'm giving you a lot of praise, Pixie. It's well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> this video is sponsored by uh, Pixie, so yeah, P- thank you Pixie very much. <laughs> yes, I, I had to say all that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag ad. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but no, it's um, it, and and it's something that I always really enjoy talking about too is the content creation process as well because it's um, and one of the things I think I think it was you that tweeted out one time um, I think I'm pretty sure it was you that you know whatever you say on social media is sort of like a reflection of who you are, especially if you're being a content creator, and it, it's very easy to say, oh, well, that's just being a sellout and all that the the way i sort of equate it to is i'm also in the corporate world i work for a very big corporate healthcare company and it's um i always have to be, mind my p's and q's especially when i'm online it's you know i can't go off and you know that's why i sort of sort of steer away from like political talk a lot online and mm-hmm. even though you know i'll have some opinions of stuff and it's like no i don't I, you know it's not worth it and you know and i think a lot of that some people think that oh because you can't freely express yourself you know but if you're trying to be a content creator at the same time you want to be able to show yourself you know that you can work with companies like wizards of the coast or whoever it may be right it's it that's not to say you can't quote unquote express yourself it's just you can but you know yeah um you know that, that brings up a really good point. So a lot of people, they make content um, with the dream of having it be their career, right? Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome dream. Um, if you are able to, to do that on your own through the um, support of your fans, you know, like through Patreon or, or donations or, you know, what have you, yeah. that's awesome. I like, I'm really excited that you can do that. Um, if your goal Much is- than I am. 
(laughs) (laughs) If your goal is to um, be able to have that be a career for you, um, but you you need or you want these sponsorships from companies, then you kind of have to think about it in a different way. Um, yeah. And we're not saying like you have to be totally, uh, you know, flatlined on social media at you all. You can never that's, criticize no, the company. Or, yeah, that's that's you know. not that's not the case at all. Um, you should you should definitely be yourself. But there's also you know there's a very fine line with that. And this is just me speaking from. Uh, my experiences just across the board, not just wizards, my entire life, my entire career. And um, when you work with a company, um, you're actually now a contractor, so to speak, you know, or if you're doing a sponsorship, that's like a freelance gig. So you have to think about your your content creation gig as um, a personal business. And Mm -hmm. Um, you treat it as such, right? Um, which which it is. I mean, you're making the money. It's by law under under uh, at least U.S. state law that that is a state a personal business for you, right? Yeah. And so, um, just like any other personal business, um, when you start collaborating or you're working with or you're contracting with another business, um, there's professionalism in that, and um, that's just kind of the, a given. And there's some companies that don't care as much about it. There's some companies that care a lot about it. Um, And just because one doesn't act the same as another doesn't mean that they um, are wrong. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, anything that you put online, you just have to think about, well, what what are you projecting? What sort of... um, fans are you bringing in what sort of uh what kind of image are you resume? trying to project yeah, yeah. What's, what's your image that you're you're projecting out uh, there and you make a good point the re- resume too yeah yeah it's it's your resume everything with streaming uh people you know they want to live this this public life and they want to be um you know making content publicly and that's awesome um but with, what comes with being public and this is just like celebrities is everything kind of ends up being public right and that's now and, your image um part of your put business, under a microscope too exactly <laughs> part of your business is you not mm-hmm. just the content you create but you are part of the content itself and so you have to think of yourself as a resume and and how you project that out into the world and um i guarantee you that if you continue streaming or you make podcasts or you're making YouTube videos or you're writing and you're growing your community because you're making amazing content and you're projecting the type of uh, sponsorships and the type of companies like their values. If you're projecting those values out, they will come to you Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Right. Um, But you can't be trying to, I guess, like how I'd say like twist someone's arm, like a company's arm into um, sponsoring you when your values don't align. Yeah. If your values don't align, then it's it's not going to work out in the long term and therefore it's not a very good investment, right? And so, um, you know, like maybe you play a game that you love, but you don't really align with the company values. Well, continue playing that game find sponsorships of companies that do align with your values. You know, start working towards those goals. That's yep. perfectly fine and that's what you should be doing as a streamer. 
Yeah, no, that's all very good points. It's um one point I always like to make, and I know other people have made it too. It's one of the common complaints I hear is like, oh, the people who are, you know, always getting stuff from wizards, it's they never complain or criticize them. And then it's like, well, I like to mention the professor on that. As you know, professor's videos, he can be, he can criticize Watsy, but he does it in a fashion, just like you say, that's not not gonna just oh you know wizards is so terrible blah 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 blah. he does it in a very constructive manner of stuff like we that we love constructive criticism yeah. actually <laughs> we really do in fact i email people all of the time for it yeah um we we consistently ask for people's uh constructive criticism um both publicly and internally um and uh, that's part of my job as well is is reaching out to people sometimes and being like hey tear this apart or um how would how could we make this better right and we have a lot of really great content creators that in in a very nice group and i i usually use new ones here and there you know because mm -hmm. we always want to um, be having new opinions uh, come to the table um but they've been just really really great um, collaborators um, for a lot of the things that we've been working on um, and yeah constructive criticism is definitely something that we value quite a bit no and and that's good it's um it's what I tell people too um you know who seek advice as well um the other thing I wanted to bring up was um the the biggest thing that I always talk about or have talked about in the past when it comes to content creation is growth um, growth is always a tricky thing for, for anybody. And it's a lot of the times, you know, when you're starting off content creation is what are going to be some of your goals? Are you doing this for fun? Are you wanting yeah. to make it a career? You want to make it a little side business to maybe try to earn a little bit of money or something, or you're just, you know, whatever it may be. And I feel a lot of people get defeated when yeah. they see someone who's brand new and they skyrocket and explode. And it's like, you know, oh, I'm still kind of stuck here. And, you know, yeah. I've had those like, feelings I've been before. doing this. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and the thing is, that's, those are normal feelings. And that's not just dedicated to content creation and streaming. That's normal for me too. You know, inside an office, I can feel those things. Um, and I've seen it in other jobs too. That's just when you, you put a lot of effort and, mm -hmm. and time and love and passion into something, um, and then you see, you know, another person get rewarded um, for your per per perceiving not as much had been given yeah. as you did, right? Um, it could feel really bad. And um, what we don't want to see is those feelings uh, manifest in, in bad ways internally in yourself. Mm -hmm. And we also don't want to see that manifest in bad ways externally from yourself, right? Yeah. Um, which I think we see a lot. Um, it's either someone is beating themselves up about it and their content uh, takes a big hit because of that, or we see them lash out at people around them and um, then their community takes a hit. And so um, it, I think the thing is that you just have to recognize that sometimes it happens right yep. sometimes someone will get uh it could either be a lucky break because someone gave them a raid and you know whatever or it could be the fact that there's just something about that person that um really 
like attracts a lot of people um, to their content and therefore there was, it was just an easy um, thing for them to do to, to, to build a community. And um, that's not on that's not on you, right? And um, I think being able to recognize that difference and still being able to um, not let it block your creativity is what's key and what's going to help you move along. Um, this is a interesting time because, you know, just within the past five years, content creation has become a legit job, like a le- legit, legit job, like streaming, right? Yeah, it, it's still uh, weird that it, it is. It is, right? <laughs> it's so weird. When, like, uh, people talk to me, they're like, oh, what do you do? Like, outside of the gaming space. Yeah. And I explain to them what I do. They're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, because these people do this for a job and they're like, they do what? They play video <laughs> you know? games for a living? Yeah. And guess <laughs> what? I manage those people for a company, you know, like it's just does not make any sense to people. And but at the same time, it's it is a job and it's booming. There's new yeah, people coming in and wanting to make content all of the time. And so it could feel like a race and it could feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to be amazing right away. And um, just like with any job, it doesn't come usually that quickly. Um, I did not walk into Wizards of the Coast on my first day of, of work, not here, but like just first day of working ever and was, I'm influencer manager now, you know, like it was many, many years of experiences and uh, different uh, aspects of my resume um, and things that I worked for myself and some things that were handed to me. A combination of all these things led me to where I am in my career. Um, A great person that I like to bring up a lot is Kriparian. Um, So Krip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Krip, he, you know, his streams bring in quite a lot of viewers. Oh, um, he's he's a very popular guy, and um, but he's also been streaming for ten years. You know, a lot of people don't don't either like realize it or they don't really think about that. That's ten a years is a time. lot yeah. of time. It's a lot of time, and um, I guarantee you, if he was on the show, he'd let you know that the first you know upteen years or whatever was hard because yeah, I don't remember him getting working. big I don't remember him getting big until Hearthstone came out I, I think that was the time that I remember first recognizing yeah him. see so yeah. like um and and same with Ninja he was streaming before Fortnite and um and I'll be honest Hunter, I'd never right? heard of him before until what <laughs> last summer or something <laughs> yeah um well and now he's you know mixing oh i know that that's crazy (laughs) love it good for him i'm just like like, oh absolutely good for him jeez and retire retire early and (laughs) freaking do whatever you want i think it's great he's a very he's a very smart businessman he really is um but but going back to that is you know these people they they when you see yourself and you're just like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a content creator and i am going to start streaming and i'm gonna be able to quit my job and i'm going to get all these views and i'm going to get sponsored and it's all going to happen within this time frame um and when you go into that like when you go into your first day of streaming as a job with that mentality i'm sorry but you're gonna fail 
automatically because you've set your um, sites so high for a very mm -hmm. competitive market. Not saying it can't be done. Absolutely. It totally can be done. You just have to have better expectations, right? Better goal setting, um, better timeline for things and um, realize that failure is not the end failure, right? Um, there's always going to be growing pains. That's just what happens with a career in general, and you're trying to move up. Um, there will always be growing pains and, and strengths and, and weaknesses and learnings and, and many things, and that happens over years for a normal job. Yep. And content creation is now a normal job. So I wouldn't expect it to be any other way. No, and I like that you mentioned that because it is um it, it is like a normal job. It's not tough. I mean I mean it is tough, I mean. <laughs> it's both. Like yeah. we we hope that you at least are enjoying yourself so the toughness oh, yeah. is less, you know, but um it's still a job. Yeah. And no, jobs are tough. It, yeah. it it is. It's tough. And the one thing that I um always like to preach to people is you know, one of the things that I've been really learning this year and because I thought I wanted to, I, I did sort of take like a, maybe a month off podcasting and I thought mm -hmm. I was done. I thought it was done just with magic in general, with podcasting. And then I really realized I missed podcasting a lot. And, um, and so I came back and now I've really come back with the goal of, cause you know, I, I had been trying to make it big, you know, mm -hmm. last year was a really good year for my show. You know, I got some preview cards from wizards of the coast, which that was awesome like never thought in a million years that would happen and then you know i got to work with channel fireball some last year too and you know it th things were looking really good and then um you know then things just started going downhill a little bit and then i've come back now with the mindset of you know i'm just gonna do what i want to do and good. that's one thing that i feel a lot of people fall in the trap of when yes. they're starting off because n not just doing what they want to do but they want to copy what's popular yeah and I, I understand at this point the one reason why I think my podcast will never ever reach the top of the top because one is I know what's popular in terms of the podcast fear for magic is a lot of talking about competitive play you know talking about decks and what's popular and going over set reviews and all that stuff and while I'm not saying that's a bad thing it's just I don't personally enjoy doing that. I love talking to the people of Magic. Can I talk mm -hmm. about Commander and Cube and Standard and all that? Yeah, sure, I can talk the heck out of that. But if you want an expertise you know, opinion on that, go somewhere else because <laughs> I'm not anywhere near that level of expertise for it. And I, and I did try. I, you know, I tried my hand at competitive magic and I don't miss it. And, you know, for people who can do that, awesome. That's not for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now I've just gotten to the point where I love interviewing people like you. Um, I just had Lady Lavinius on too, and she was awesome. Yeah, we just had her on our playcation. I know. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, and then I like to do solo episodes where I just talk about a particular topic about mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering. Like one, I just had a recent episode where I talked about the impact Magic Arenas made and was it a positive or negative impact? And I talk about both sides of it. And mm -hmm. it's been, um, you know, and that's where I feel I have come at with my own content is I'm just going to talk about what I want when I want. And it's weird. I'm getting more and more traction with it now where I'm just like, I feel like I'm not trying as hard. You know what I mean? It, it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. First, I have a question for you. Sure. Are you happier making this type of content? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah? Yeah. Um, do you feel more passionate about what you're talking about? 
Yeah, because now that I'm I'm interviewing, whenever I bring someone on the show to interview, it's always going to be someone that I personally want to talk to. It's never, you know, I'll have some people tell me, oh, bring on so-and-so on the show. And I'm like, if I'm not personally interested in that person, I'll be like, eh, you know, maybe <laughs> type yeah. thing. So when I'm reaching out to you, it's because I personally want to talk to you and just pick your brain about something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's in, I do feel more passionate about it. Yeah. When you watch other people's content, can you usually tell when they are passionate about what they're doing? For the most part, yeah. Unless they're really, really good at faking it. Sure, <laughs> sure. Which some people are and good for them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, do you find that when you can tell that someone's really passionate about it, even if you don't fully maybe understand what they're talking about or, or, or you know, their uh, specific interests, their passion, however, is intriguing. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because there's a particular YouTuber I like watching. Um, I, I will be honest, I don't watch too much magic content. There, there's mm-hmm. a few. There's a few that I do watch, you know, j- just because it's just part of my routine. Yeah, and that's all okay. that. It's, I watch a lot of non-magic content too. <laughs> it's because it's. I feel like because I make magic content and I'm constantly thinking about new ideas and stuff it's like I don't have time to watch like everybody else's content and all that Simone Gertz is one of my favorite YouTubers she does not make magic content who is so that? Simone Gertz excuse me oh okay she, uh, she makes bad robots and it's oh, great oh okay yeah it, so I've been recently enjoying this new streamer Um, he's called Grand Pooh Bear uh, uh-huh. he does Mario Maker 2 content I love that okay. and it's um and just like you said, I can tell he's very passionate for it. And yeah. it's just him trying to beat these insanely hard Mario levels. And I'm just like, how the, how the F are you doing that? <laughs> like, oh, my <laughs> God. And it's just fun to watch that type of stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and that's it, right? Um, people go into making content creation. If they go in there thinking, I've got to make this sort of thing because I want to be famous or I want mm. to get the views and, you know, all of these things they're not going in there actually making stuff they want to make, right? And so they burn, they're gonna burn out so much quicker. Oh, yeah. And yeah. on top of that, uh, they're not going to gain the community and the fan base that they are wanting because their fan base can tell they are not that interested in playing what they are making content for. Um, it turns out that when you are passionate about something and you get to talk about that thing, people are really interested in listening to you. Um, And so go in there to make content that you're passionate about. And those that also are passionate about the same content, uh, or maybe they want to be passionate about it because they see you're passionate about it, they're going to stick around. And that's how you start building your community. And those are, P.S., those are the people that you want in your community. Yeah. Um, Because they are there genuinely for you. Um, And so that's the number one thing I tell people, hey, you're going to make content. Do not go in there with expectations of becoming famous or making a whole bunch of money or going to the front page of Twitch, being partnered, you know, all of these things. Go in there wanting to make the best, most fun, most interesting content that you want to make and attract uh, those in the community that love that too, because they will be your like-minded people and then they're your community and they're going to support you. And it will just be like the most rewarding process ever. Yeah. No. Like, why wouldn't anyone want that? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, you hit the nail on the head and something that I've been saying, um, 
you know, for a while now. And, and maybe some of my listeners get tired of me talking about content creation as a whole, but it is something that I feel is important because there are a lot of people out there wanting to make content and they're, and you know, it's, I've been through the motions many times of, oh, you know, my content's not good enough. Um, you know, it's, I'm not getting the downloads and views and something I'll tell you is for the past year, I've been making my podcast also available on YouTube for video and all that. And it's, it's almost been sort of like I hit my head against the wall sometimes because my YouTube views are like non-existent compared to my audio downloads. My audio downloads are just fine. You know, they're health, they're at a healthy level and Mm -hmm. my, my YouTube views and it's just like, well, I'm not getting anything, but it's, it doesn't affect me that much, but it's more like, well, it, you know, cause obviously I want to try to grow that audience too, but it's just sort of, but I also kind of understand some people just don't want to watch two people talking for, you know, an hour and all that. Who would have thought? (laughs) No, it's true. And the thing is, you bring up a good point, too, is is platforms Mm -hmm. themselves. Um, When you're when you're creating content, what works on um, one platform sometimes doesn't work on the other, right? You sometimes you think, well, if I'm popular here, I'll just transfer the content over here and it should be just as popular. No, not at all. In fact, you should be thinking of each platform of it as its own. It needs its own original content, so to speak. Right. Um, We have many uh, people. I won't I won't say their names or anything, but, um, you know, like I'll go to their Twitch or sorry, their Twitter. And they have maybe like they have like um, not a huge amount of followers, like someone that you would be like, Oh, of course they have hundreds of thousands of views on their YouTube channel. Cause look at their followers. They love them. Yeah. No, in fact, they, they have a Twitter presence. Um, they're not as, um, huge there, but then you go to their YouTube channel and the views are outrageous yeah. and it's because their fans like to get their content and their notifications through YouTube, not Twitter. And that's because they curated their audience over there. And they're, um, it goes back to making sure that your audience is, you're working with your audience, right? Not against your audience. Yeah. And um, so you shouldn't be like, oh, this one platform, therefore I'm failing. Not at all. Lean into your strengths. If you want to explore another platform, think about how you can, you know, translate the content you make into being more platform agnostic there. That's, That's how I would put it. Yeah. It. So speaking of different platforms, um, got to ask you a question. Uh, as an influencer manager, I do not understand Instagram. <laughs> it, 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 and I will admit, I've not been trying very hard to grow my platform in Instagram, but mm-hmm. I have been trying my best to at least post a few pictures a week on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's much better than what I was doing a couple months ago, where I'd maybe post once every three months. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I understand Twitter pretty well in terms of growing my platform there. What what are some of the things I can do with Instagram? And maybe this will help someone else listening because I don't sure. know. Sure. Um, I can definitely, and I just want to make sure, like, this is not Wizard's opinion on Instagram. This is yeah, yeah. Michelle's y- yeah, opinion yeah, your on opinion. Instagram. Yeah. Um, Instagram itself, I it has been around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I use, I myself used to be much more active on Instagram. I'm less active there nowadays. Um, there's a huge but, magic community on there and a huge D&D community on I there. Know, and it's like, it I want to tap is. into some of that too. I know. I was much more active um, in 
the in the when I worked for the YouTuber, the YouTuber days, yeah. Um, because yeah, it's it's very popular there. Instagram is definitely one of those platforms where your fans want to get to know you as a person, if that makes sense. Okay. They want to feel like they are included in your adventures, in your successes, in your events, that sort of thing. Like think of it more as like a behind the scenes of the life, oh, right? That's a nice way of putting um, it. Yeah, so Twitter is is really great for networking. It's really great for um, news. It's really great for um, talking about certain aspects of, of gaming just in general. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very good for marketing your content. Um, Instagram, I would feel as, think of it as like a Discord channel, but through pictures. Oh, um, okay. okay. Yeah, so that's how I would do it. Is like, how would you interact with your community on Discord, like in your own Discord community, um, but through imagery? Um, I like. And I've never really about, yeah. thought of it that way. That's a really so nice way. So you think about that it. way. That's the kind of content you should be putting on Instagram. Is is actually less marketing for your 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 streaming content and more. This is who I am, and community. I want to you know. Uh, make sure that you feel welcome in in my life, right? Oh, okay, I, I really like. I never thought of it that way because I was just trying to treat it like a. I was trying to treat it like Twitter, essentially, mm -hmm. where I'm just like, oh, hey, this is, you know, this is coming out, or this is what I'm working on. You know, it's mm -hmm. take pictures of random stuff, and um, and I would also share. I, I pretty much I treat my Twitter and Facebook sort of the same. My Facebook mm -hmm. is probably I barely pay attention to it but it's uh, yeah it's, it, <laughs> we don't have to get into it <laughs> yeah it, it, it's 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 enough energy it's it, it's energy enough that i spend on twitter just trying to work on that and mm -hmm. you know and then i figure instagram probably isn't as hard because you know oh it's just pictures right <laughs> no but <laughs> but you make it that's a really good point i never thought of it that way it's sort of behind the scenes like yeah. and i like that if you think about it, like our uh, amazing cosplayers, for example, which they're, you're one they're of them awesome, now, which we have so many, and now I'm part of. I guess yeah. no, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> I would, I, I would only wish to be on their level someday. Um, but uh, we have amazing cosplayers, and they're extremely active on Twitter. They're very good at oh, what yeah. they do, and it's usually, if you, if you really look at it, it's they're networking with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Um, building upon their community interactions and also explaining what events they're at. That's really what they use it for. When you go over to their Instagram, you get to see them having fun, them building their cosplays. Yeah, yeah, that's them, right. Um, artistic imagery, you know, it's, it's going to be different, but it's usually a little bit more detailed, more um, artsy, more... Um, community involvement as far as feeling like you're actually there with them yeah no that you make a lot of good points there and yeah i love the cosplayers um it, and it's crazy like e even looking at magic cosplay it that's blown up in the past couple I years know. too it's like it's crazy i feel like cosplay in general has just blown up crazy where I can't believe that some people are doing it for a living now. I'm like, wait, what? What what used to be when I used to go to the big con here in Tampa or Orlando, I should say, is MegaCon. 
Uh-huh. And um, when I used to go there like 10 years ago, it was a mu- very small crowd, like nowhere near as big as it is today. And you people would just dress up for fun. And mm-hmm. now I'm seeing like, oh, you're getting paid? Like, wait, what? That's it's it's crazy. It's um, And now there's like all these companies that come out with all this cosplay gear mm-hmm. and just it's it involved it's evolved this whole industry of it now it, to me i i feel like sometimes life is just going too fast for me <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> no it's true like you think technology is going fast and then the the outputs of that technology and what they can create um with people basically enhancing themselves with the technology is just like i know it's amazing, but yes, I I love our cosplayers so much. Happy I really Toe do. Claus is one of my favorites. Sydney, she is um so great. She is a I, I had yep. her on the podcast last year, and she's just she's someone that it's like I'm not I, I do like going out drinking and all that stuff, but not too often. But she's one I need to have a beer with one day. Yeah, for sure. She's she's hilarious. Yeah, I got to spend some time with her and some some of the other cosplayers after um, GP Seattle. Uh, Magic Fest Seattle um, this year, and it was great. I I enjoy. I love hanging out with everyone in the community. Um, there is something about the cosplayers that it's just it's tight knit, but they're open. You know, they yeah. They I came in there with a chaos orb on my head, right? And they were just like, Yay! <laughs> no, it was it was an awesome cosplay. When I was like saying like, oh, I want to do a cosplay for uh, Magic Fest Seattle, like I tweeted it out, right? And how supportive the community is is I I got all these DMs from our cosplayers. And they were just like, I can help you. I can help you. You know, they were so supportive and trying to like show me where to get the best stuff and and how to do the the best like uh, crafting, you know, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, my original plan was way more far fetched (laughs) than uh, I should have had Um, because, you know, I see the I see them and I'm just like, I can do that. They're so inspiring. And then I tell them I'm going to do it and they're like, yeah, you can. You can do everything. And then I get down to it and I'm like, I can't do it. (laughs) I am way over my head. This is scary. And then I'll like get back to them because I feel a little embarrassed, you yeah. know, because I'm like, I'm sorry, you gave me so much good advice. I can't do it. And every <laughs> single one was like, welcome to being a cosplayer. Because <laughs> yeah. that's just our lives. Um, and then, yeah, I made the chaos or because I was like that I can do. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminded me of a cosplay I saw um long time ago, someone who uh, dressed up as a, a TIE fighter from Star Wars. Yes. And he, he he made this giant TIE fighter and just put it on his head and walked around. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of cosplay I think I will continue doing. Um, I, again, love our cosplayers and the amount of work and detail that oh they gosh, bring the characters to life is amazing. My, just like with you, how you, like the passions of your content creation. Yeah. My passions for cosplay are slightly different different <laughs> i don't think <laughs> mine are usually on the more quirky side or the are you gonna go with, not expected i are, guess <laughs> are you gonna do blood moon next i could just reuse it right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um that, oh, so do, can you tell me what your original plan was yes i was <laughs> Now, when everyone's going to like know this, they're going to be like, why did you think you could ever do it? Um, I really <laughs> wanted to be the cat from Arcane Flight. Um, 
Oh like my, my God. whole like I was talking with like Nissa cosplay on how to make wings because I was like I'm oh, gonna do hilarious. it and I'm gonna do it big and I'm gonna do it right and um oh I'm gonna God. like make these That's wings funny. I'm gonna make the cat and it's gonna look super realistic and I was gonna like put a wire with like a bird <laughs> like the blue bird out front so I could like look like I was going for it and I was like going through like Amazon and other places where I was like putting all the products together and that's when I was like oh no <laughs> this is not doable <laughs> <laughs> well you so. could get a cat suit from like the musical cats and then that's just true. get some wings there you go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was many, there was many, everyone was trying to still support me and say, there's options, there's options, but I had to, I had to throw in my towel. It was okay. Maybe someday in the future. <laughs> oh, that that's funny though. Yeah. I, I was trying really hard to be at GP Seattle. Unfortunately, couldn't make it. Um, I'm, I want to try to go next year. Um, I had to unfortunately spend a bunch of money cutting trees down in my yard. Uh, and I have to do the same. <laughs> and it's like. That normally it wouldn't be too expensive, but they were literally right next to my house. So yep. I'm like, okay. and, and of course, I that too. So I hear you. <laughs> it's like everybody, every unlicensed person came to my house. Like, yeah, I'll cut it down for 200 bucks. I'm like, are you licensed and insured? Nope. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> not no. at all. Are you going to be going to a GP Vegas? I wish yeah. it's, I, I'm so busy with work right now. And it's, also Florida. That's, that's quite a distance too. Yeah. It's, I was at Vegas last year, not, not GP Vegas, but I went to Vegas last year for work. Um, and that was a lot of fun. First time I went to Vegas when I was an adult, cause I've been there a couple times as a kid, way yeah. different as an adult. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot more fun i didn't like the smell too much but you know <laughs> yeah it's an acquired taste <laughs> yeah, yeah. That i don't acquire <laughs> yeah um but um i i was i've only been to one gp this year it's just been life has been insane yeah. lately and it's um and i went to like three or four last year um but yeah i'm gonna i want to try to get to seattle because that's where um my buddy john dunning is at and mm -hmm. we want to try to do at least a semi-live version of 10 Street Hooligans where we're actually in the cool. same room. Yeah. Um, and it's we'll, we'll make it one day. It's just time and Life's money. Busy. Yep. Yeah. Time, it, money, busy. I, I hear you. I can't believe I can't believe it's already almost Christmas at this point. Um, right. <laughs> and, you know, we got Throne of Eldraine right around the corner. I feel like M20 literally just came out. We, we've got the last Commander 2019 spoiler that dropped today as of this recording. Um, we get Modern Horizons feel like it just came out. War of the Spark feels brand new still. <laughs> it's like, it, it is, and I, I'm not trying to gleam off like, like what future sets are or anything like that, but it, is it just me or, because I feel like a lot of people in the community feel the same. Are, is Wizards releasing the same amount of product or or is it just feel like there's more products coming out or something it's you know that's something i'm still actually trying to wrap my head around because uh, i've only been here two years so th this year I, I feels still... like it's been so much stuff this year and just like what the we have um you know we've been hiring so much um which has been really great um and we're hiring just like amazing people uh, and that's on top of the amazing people that are already here in the building yeah. and what happens when you put amazing people and more resources together 
is more amazing product. Um, turns out that's what happens, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, we, we see it, we feel it, but we also feel like um, it's an exciting time to be a Magic fan. And oh it's an gosh, exciting it time to become a Magic fan uh, because there will be something for everyone. I, I love um one of my one of my friends. He just started playing Magic. I think M nineteen is when he started last year, and um you know it, it's it. I, I feel like a lot of times, and this is just maybe because I've been playing Magic for so long since you know nineteen ninety six. I'm yeah. playing it on and off, and when whenever there's a new set that comes out, it's I inevitably go like mm, that's not playable. That's not playable. That's good. That's cool. That's fun. Not playable. Not playable. Not playable. You know the the same mm -hmm. sort of thing that I do all the time and it's and I I feel almost a little jealous when I see him talk about new cards and and, <laughs> and, and to be fair we, we know Wizards doesn't always print the best cards that are meant for constructed formats so he'll talk about this really janky card and I'm I'm all like and I have to tell him like no that's bad but he's like no but it does this this but and that I'm but but he, he'll tell me like no but it can do this this and that I'm like Oh yeah, I, I and I miss that innocence, you know. Yeah, it's I always have to tell them the stories of back in my day, because <laughs> I there was only one shop in my town that sold magic boosters. That was it. They didn't sell any product except Urza Saga Master or booster or booster packs. And okay. We, there were no like intro decks, none of that. So we we would always have to we had to trade for basic land back in the day. Where, where there was just not enough basic land for like me and my friends, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I would always have to tell my friend that because he's he's already complaining about how much basic land he has. I'm like, listen, you're lucky, okay? <laughs> there was a shortage of basic <laughs> land. <laughs> we had to mine for that. <laughs> it's funny because I still remember my first deck was a mono green worm deck in Urza Saga, and I had to tell my friends like, I've got some islands in the deck, but let's pretend they're forest, okay? <laughs> We love innovative players, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it, it's I I love you you hit the nail on the head. There's, it's a lot easier for newer players to get into the game, and I have heard complaints that oh, Magic isn't as complex now because you know they're trying to get new players, and in some degrees it's true where Magic isn't as complex. But in other degrees, I'm glad it isn't because if you've looked at the old cards, like especially pre eighth edition, where some of those cards are literally like three paragraphs long, it's I don't really want to spend my whole time trying to understand how Ice Cauldron works because <laughs> it's like three paragraphs of text and you're like, what? And that's not to say there still aren't confusing mechanics now. I'm confusing on first glance, right? Where yeah. you don't understand the card mechanic right away, but it's. You know, I, I feel, I'm glad Magic is more accessible because one, it's easier to teach my kids, and two, with right. Arena, it's this is this has been the product that I have been talking about to my audience forever. Like this is what we've needed. It's not perfect yet. <laughs> if I may make a suggestion of what Magic Arena needs, okay, I'm sure this is the thing you've heard a million times. Let me hurry and take a note. <laughs> <laughs> a friends list. Please, a friends list. <laughs> I will definitely let the devs know. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure they I'll already know that. This it's... video once it's live. <laughs> like, hey, just go to this point. Here's the yeah. feedback. <laughs> it's like we got we got to listen to Zuby here. He's right on point. No, it's um. <laughs> now, if that was like my only major complaint about the game is the friends list. It's 
you know but other than that it's been pretty much the magic product i've been wanting because like mm -hmm. when hearthstone first dropped i was in the beta for hearthstone i'm like and i was playing so much of it and i'm like why doesn't magic have this yet <laughs> you know and i've been wanting for it now can you tell me how far along magic arena has been in production is i actually don't know so oh, okay. even even if i could i i couldn't tell you um i i don't know how long it's been in production okay because i know i was a part of the original was it one of the, one of the original closed beta where all you could literally play was merfolk and pirate or merfolk and dinosaur I think that's it was? when i started working on the arena team is when we began sending out um invites to close beta yeah and i think it was only the two decks you could do at the time so that's that was my first interaction with arena and um been playing it since then and now it's like you guys got me hook line and sinker with that it's um <laughs> it's and i'm super excited about brawl coming out it's like finally it's it's not commander but it we're getting there we're getting to we're getting close and because i did want to try brawl when it first came out but it, of course no one in my community wanted to try it out and um i feel like I did feel like it was a mistake at first to not have Brawl in Arena, and I feel like now that it's going to be coming out later this year, finally, now it's, you know, we're, we're having that, and maybe one day Commander will be on there, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, we're, we're excited, we're so excited for Brawl. We, uh, being on the community side of it, and, um, you know, with the other community managers, we've been listening, like, we hear you, we see it. Um, we've I, been compiling and we've been, um, you know, making sure that uh, everyone that's working on the game sees that. And we all agreed that it was uh, definitely something that we want to put in this game. And we're excited to get it in there and start testing it. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's um, I know I know my friend because um, Commander is the one big, probably the only big constructed format I play still. Um, the other one I play is Cube. I'm working on another Cube, and that that's always fun. Um, I like trying to make, you know, not Power Nine cubes and all uh -huh. that, but just sort of like nice, tight, fun cubes that are have certain themes for it. Um, and then I was really big into Standard, Modern, and Legacy, but it just got too much to keep up yeah. with. It's. I was gonna say, so you're just big into all of the formats. <laughs> yeah, well, except Vintage. Vintage was the only one I'm sure. like. Yeah, no, I don't think my wife would be too happy if I dropped money on a Power Nine and all. That. <laughs> it, it was um, it's not that I don't still enjoy those formats. It was just, and you know, the, so, everybody who's into Magic knows a lot of times it's just hard to keep up with monetarily for. It used to be standard for me, but I feel like modern with how rapidly it's changed, especially in the mm -hmm. past couple months with Modern Horizons injecting so much freaking change in the meta it's just oh my i can't i can't keep up with it anymore it's too much it's too much especially that hogak <laughs> well we we try to make sure that we have products or events or something right that that can can be inclusive of, oh, of yeah. people that want to play magic and um and we will always continue to do that <laughs> no and it, it's been great you know i thought modern horizons was awesome i i didn't unfortunately get i unfortunately didn't get to draft it um yeah. at all but um just opening up my boxes and seeing the nice little commander inclusions for it were really nice and then all the snowlands too that was a really nice yeah. reprint and i do have to say 
I really, really liked the art cards. And I'm not just saying that, but they were a really cool addition. Yeah, to it. those were um, like we we were really excited about them. But um, really, the community sentiment um, was was more than I was expecting, which was awesome. Like we we loved them, um, but with something new coming into you know a pack, yeah. um, it's always like how how is this going to be received? And um, I was getting emails from people like like uh, Asian Avenger. Yeah. Um, he was like, "Do you have any of these?" And I was like, "I actually do. <laughs> Let me send you some." So, because um, like you know, I pulled some from my packs. It's so yeah. We, I traded with Asian Avenger. Well, mostly That's not cool. traded. I was like, "You can have them." Yeah. <laughs> like you and really, I- really want them. So, um, so yeah, it was. I I love that because me personally, I am a huge just art fan in general. In gen general, there we go. It's almost. It's going to be a, a little bit uh, close to ending time. But uh, yeah. I love art, and I love our artists. They're so, so amazingly talented, and I will say the best in the industry. Um, and so, yeah, being able to really uh, give them something special as well as, as giving them a spotlight in, in our packs outside of the cards themselves, oh, yeah. I thought oh, yeah. it was really fun. Yeah, I, I will admit at first I was kind of like art cards. What are those? Like I don't I don't get it. But until you actually hold one in your hand, and if you do like the magic art, these uh-huh. are the type of things that are for you. Um, yes. And I will say with Throne of Eldraine, the art of that set, oh my! At least what's been released so far, like oh my gosh! And I'm and Can I'm we not. Just take a moment to talk about the Seb <laughs> Cannon piece. Uh, oh, Seb- which one? Oh, the one with the knight lying down. Yes, yeah, that and one the, is. the planeswalker symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, no, that is, the first time I saw it, I legitimately went. <gasps> and, and I'm not just saying that just because, you know, I've got Wizards of the Coast on the stream here. It's like I literally have like gone over that art and I'm like, I like really genuinely enjoy every single bit of it. It's all of yes. It, all of the art that's coming that's coming out of it is is amazing. And um I think I'm, has I'm been excited really about fun. it. Yeah. I think it's been really fun for our magic artists to um to explore, you know, that that all, fantasy. All, yeah, the uh, fantasy and the fables. Uh, again, and, right. And seeing like what was it uh goldilocks you know with a sword and bear trap and all that i'm like she should be (laughs) it's hilarious and then um just seeing some of the other art um oh god i I gotta look it up but just the seb mckinnon piece is a really good one and then um the one um who did the it oh what's her name is it the sarah no no or is it no oh Hmm. my gosh i can't i'd have to pull up the art i can't remember right now um it's not. It's not the Sarah Angel, the the Planeswalker one that just really. Or was it the um? Is it the Kenrith twins? Is that the one I'm thinking oh, Rowan? of? Rowan. Rowan twins, right? Or uh, Rowan's the 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 girl twin. Oh, okay, okay. I'm so terrible at names. Sorry. No, <laughs> I am. So I'm actually surprised I even was able to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the art of her because I think she's supposed to be Little Red Riding Hood or something. Oh. It, or, or am I thinking of someone completely different? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'm. I'm Time will tell. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. When Throne of Eldraine comes out, I'll probably know the exact. I'm so excited. Too. I am yeah. so excited for um, preview season to begin. I am so excited for the set. Um, you know, being here for two years, my set that. Um, the first set that I got to be here in Wizards for the release of was Amonkhet. 
And oh, yeah. so that one will always hold a you know special place in my heart because it was like, oh, this is the set that yeah. we're marketing, you know, and all this stuff. Um, and I've loved everything, you know. Uh, afterward, um, I'm a huge like Nico Bolas. Mm, I love him. I have this, <laughs> I do. I have um, the San Diego Comic Con poster yeah. of uh, his from I think it was like two years ago. Like that is framed above my fireplace. So when people walk into my house, the first thing they see is Nico Bolas, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. Right. That's my homeboy. Um, so yeah, just this whole everything with Nico Bolas, I've been loving. Um, but as I've learned more and more about Eldraine, I'm just like, this is probably going to be my favorite. <laughs> So yeah, it's um I, I'm definitely excited about. It. I was um I, I will say my favorite magic set just in the past couple of years has been Dominaria. That was like a such a nice return to home. And I will admit I was a little sad we didn't spend more time there. And I really, really, really hope that we go back to Dominaria. If if I had it my way, and and I know a lot of people don't like this, we we could just stay on Dominaria forever. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of great magic planes and all that, but m maybe just a whole year of Dominaria. Tell that to Mark Rosewater, please. <laughs> Got it. I'll let him know right away. <laughs> no, but it was like that was such a nice return home. Um, just just for magic, because you know it'd been such a long time since we've been back to that plane and you know i know we'd sort of visit it between corsets and all that but corsets never felt the same because there was mm -hmm. most of the time there was only a little bit of storyline behind it and with the whole invent with the whole advent of the story becoming more of a forefront in magic it was nice yeah. to see that come into play and yeah um, and of course you know dominaria happened before i became i mean not uh the the new set but like the the original dominaria happened way yeah. before uh, my time at wizard so when uh, we were preparing for that set and for the the release of it i you know went in and i would do my own research because it was it was new to me yeah. and um <clears throat> you know as i researched it i was like oh yeah this is awesome. This is cool. And then I was like super hyped, right? And but also nervous because I was like, this is so beloved. I hope this is going to be great. And um, it's always great when, um, you know, we do our announce or we do a previews or we do something, yeah. right? And um, it gets to all come together and we actually get to see the the reaction um, from the community. And it was just so overwhelmingly, and this sounds weird, but like kind of beautiful, right? And um, those moments are really what uh, me and like other community managers really live for. And um, every single pre-release, uh, a community manager usually uh, works over that weekend so that we can mm -hmm. um, you know, see the conversation and see what's going on. And so we would trade um off for each set and um it was my job to do dominaria's weekend so i oh, was nice. the one that yeah i got to you know uh see the sentiment uh compile report of everyone and 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 work the social media feeds uh that weekend and that was actually my last one because now i work for you know on the influencer side so i don't do um yeah. those ones anymore um but i was just like i just got spoiled <laughs> I just had the easiest, most wonderful weekend working uh, a pre-release because it was just a blast um, getting to interact with the fans during pre-release for that for that set and just hearing everyone's stories. It was, um, I would say it was like the epitome of the magic community that weekend uh, over that set and it was just so beautiful. So oh, I was really, it, I was so happy to be part of it. Oh, I, I love that set. It's, um, it 
felt like to me, and not that the past few sets that have come out, like um, what was it, M nineteen, and then you know coming back to Ravnica, that that was. It, I really enjoyed that, but you know, you always just like you said, you always have a special place in your heart for like your first magic yeah. set, right? And mm-hmm. Dominaria as a whole was my first quote unquote magic plane, and yeah. it was coming back home to that. Where oh my god, I drafted that so much, yeah. and, and a lot of people it, did. Just like I bring up like Amonkhet, and everyone's like Amonkhet, you know, like it was fun. It was a fun I love, set. yeah. I, and but I will forever love Amonkhet so much. Oh, yeah. I love everything about it. I love the flavor. I love the art. I love the mechanics. I love everything. Like that is when I really learn. Like I am a black mage. You know, like yeah. give me all my dead <laughs> things. You know, like in and so that will forever be just like my top three. Like that's it's it's gonna be there forever. But. Yeah, no, it's um definitely been good. The one other thing I want to bring up. I know we only got a little bit of time here left. Yeah. But um. I want to say one of my favorite things that and I, I know I know a lot of people may think this is sucking up or whatever, but it's I don't there's not very often I get to talk to someone from Wizards of the Coast. So I, I want to give praise where praise is due. Um, one of my favorite things that Wizards has done in the past year was that Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, the, the magic and D&D crossover, yeah. which, you know, they did do the plane shifted guides for like Amonkhet, uh, mm-hmm. Ixalan and. I think they're uh, Zendikar and I think Innistrad. They, they were good. They they were fine, but they were like five, ten page PDFs or whatever, which gives you a sort of little bit of a glance of how to maybe run a and d campaign. But mm-hmm. that Guildmaster's Guide, I have read that, I think, back and forth two or three times now from front to cover, front to back. And it's been that is the type of crossover we need more for Magic and D&D. Good to know. And I will be forwarding this to the D and D team as well. <laughs> no, because and and seriously, I just had Ruben Ressler on my show a couple weeks ago because he does yep. the Broken Pact yep. and and um, you know, he got to see the book early, and I was like a little a little jealous, like oh man, that, that's awesome. And you know, he he does that the Broken Pact show for it, and um, it's that book. Um, it's I really hope there's more coming. I, I know you probably can't say anything if you do know or not. Um, but I also hope, and this is one of my other hopeful wishes, that D&D makes a, an appearance in Magic the Gathering one day. Which I know there's been some little things like the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons in the um, Unglued or no or Unhinged. Mm-hmm. What, what was the unset that just came out? Was um, It was, uh, wow, you're putting me on the spot now too. It, <laughs> it was, was Unhinged. Uh, uh, it, it unhinged, was Unhinged, Unglued, uh, un. One of the unsets. I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should know this, too. Well, I should be knowing this. Also, you've been having me talk for two hours. Almost, no. It's, it's one hour and a half. And, we're good. Um, so, and I know that... Um, M- Don't worry. The moment I say it, we're both going to be like, ugh, duh. Yeah. It's unstable. Unstable. <laughs> Duh, yeah. You know, the squirrels, the squirrels. <laughs> yeah. And, and then and then M20 just had the bag of holding, which is a nice little yep. nod to D&D. I mean, there's been little nods to D&D throughout the years, but if there's like ever, ever a hope, like if there's one wish of a magic set that they would do is a Forgotten Realms magic set or even a Dragonlance magic set. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you want me to spend my money, Michelle? <laughs> I will spend so much money on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be like this set is for Zuby and Zuby alone. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you, are, are you you know Dragonlance, right? 
Yeah. So I, I love D&D. Um, yeah. I was actually going to – so I know we only have like eight minutes because I, I do have a hard uh, yeah. end time. But um, I wanted to ask you your characters. Well, so – Talk about the characters you like to play. I'm more of a DM than an actual player. Oh, okay. I, I – I, I, Every Friday I do, I, I DM every Friday night at my LGS. <laughs> it's sort of my Friday night D&D since I'm yeah. not really participating in FNM anymore. Um, and, so you play all the characters then? Pretty much play all the characters and I try to do voices and I yeah. do my best to make it fun and exciting for my players. Um, but the character I'm currently playing right now is a Ghostwise Halfling Monk who is awesome. a drunken master. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Great. very, very curious about everything. That's awesome. Are you really, um, you know, to to the book, got to do all the math and and get the biggest biggest hit type of player? Or um, as far as a player goes, is I don't. I, it one side of me really wants to min max my character, make them yes. the best they can yeah. be. But the other side is I just really want to have fun. So I won't like doing a halfling monk. That's not the most optimal monk character out there, but you know, right. I'm having fun with him cause he's fun. Yeah. A good, good, happy medium yeah. for sure. Um, I always like to see like the characters and then the spectrum of players, right? Because that's, what's great about D and D is you can be anywhere on there and, and have fun. Um, but I am totally on the end of like math. Nah, I'm going to just run in there and do weird stuff and then confuse everyone. And, <laughs> To a sorcery and then run away. See, those <laughs> like, are that's how I play. and I actually enjoy those kind of players who throw you for a loop, right? Where yeah. you have a planned encounter or something, and then someone does like, "I'm going to confuse everyone now," and you're just like, "Wait, what?" That's me. <laughs> like, I cannot bring myself to ever like kill a character or a creature in a D and D game, even knowing it's fake i just like i can't do it it makes me feel way too horrible <laughs> and so like sometimes i'll be playing like like trick for example trick Jarrett. Yeah. he i've played you know f quite a few uh, campaigns with him and he wants to go in there you know with the big uh, swords and hammers or whatever and yeah. he just wants to beat up everyone and i'm like no and i'll like usually run in there with my character and then i'm like confusing everyone and just like run away <laughs> that's awesome i a uh, little story is uh, a couple months ago in our campaign um i was having the group in this dungeon and they were they were about to come to a room where these bad guys are having a meeting and they're discussing a plot of something that's happening and so i'm thinking okay they're all just all my characters are just gonna bust in and just cause havoc and kill everyone right nope yeah. i've got the one player who's the most unsuspecting player walks in and starts being a diplomat and starts talking to them and allying i'm like wait I did not plan this I feel like at all. Being called out in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, but I enjoyed the hell out of it because I'm like, okay, I like where this is going. So I, I didn't have any of that planned. So and I love improvising too, where it's like, okay, so I'm just gonna go off the cuff. Being a DM, yep. <laughs> <laughs> where I mean, you have to improvise so much as a DM. Yeah. It's. Um, I know. That's why I've actually not yet been a DM myself. I feel like once I can get the improv 
improv down enough, then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. Right. But I'm just like, not there yet. And I don't want it to be an experience for players to be like, oh, the DM is like laughing because she can't handle what's going on. Cause I would totally do that right now. Well, if you ever need help with DMing or want any tips, you know, feel free to reach out to me because it's, um, I also, I've also got a little sub podcast called RPG companion where I do talk about D and D and RPGs and DMing and all that. Um, and it's I, I love DMing. I've DM'd for a long time, and it's um the best way to get better at it is just to do it. And de- just to do it. Yep. De- definitely, what I if you're worried, you know, about doing it with strangers or something, you know, or at cons or wherever or local game store, definitely do it with friends first. And you know, don't be afraid to ask for feedback because I'll even do that to my players now. Where like, hey, you know, what did you like or not like? And you know, it's it's always something because maybe. You know, it's you didn't think of something at the time because of X Y Z happened or whatever. Sure, it's um, it's so much fun. I I enjoy DMing so much, and it's um, I I I buy all the campaign source books because I just use them for inspiration. As um, because I don't like DMing um, pre-written campaigns, but mm-hmm. I but I love getting the pre-written campaigns and just getting and like modding them. Yeah, yeah, getting ideas from them. Yeah. Um, but um, not to say do anyone who does pre-written campaigns is bad. I I actually recommend doing That's that the at whole first. Point of D&D. Do yeah. what you want. <laughs> yeah, no, I I recommend doing a pre-written campaign first before trying to do your own homebrew because it's the the pre-written's are very well laid out and structured to help you out in terms of how to move story along. For sure. But, um, um, one other question I need to ask before the, we wrap the, wrap this okay. up, and I feel like it'd be remiss if I didn't ask this: Do you okay. like Star Trek? I do like Star Trek. What's yes. your favorite Star Trek? Spock uh, uh, is my favorite person. Spock, I, I didn't even yes. let you finish that because I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's your favorite Spock? Um, I um, so I I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie, so I'm not going to be like really good at like naming names and yeah. stuff. Um, but my favorite movie. Um, of of the Star Trek universe, I guess, is when um, Spock saves the whale. Oh, oh, um, I'm, I can't think of the name. It's the fourth Star Trek movie, uh, The Journey Home or Journey Home, I think, or, yeah. I think so. Um, I love that one so much. I love and that movie. Also, it- uh, say that when Spock, um, this is going to be like spoilers, I guess, for anyone that doesn't know Star Trek, but you know when Spock dies, like in the <gasps> original movies? Oh, no. Um, I like cried a lot. Oh, it still it still gets me teary. A lot, a lot. Right now. and I was a child, and I was just like, no. Yeah, it, it still gets me teary. Right now it's like I know he's coming back. Spoilers. <laughs> Who would have thought that yeah. a really awesome good character would come back in something? But no, I it really affected me. I was just like, this is too much. But also, what a beautiful funeral he had going to the green earth. Yeah. I loved it. It was beautiful. The, the the part that always gets me choked up in that movie in Wrath of Khan is huh. as soon as they destroy Khan's ship. And you know Spock has already gone down to the engine room to you know try to save the ship, and then then Bones uh, calls up Kirk and says, "Hey Kirk, you got to come down here." And he looks immediately to Spock's chair and notices he's gone, and it's like, "Oh, you, no. you already know what's gonna happen." I know. He's like my friend, my best friend, my brother. I know. It's um. No, I just had to ask that, but um, I just want to thank you again for coming. I can't believe it's already been ninety minutes for this. It's um, I know. I it's, know. Um, 
Thank you again I'm for coming on. Peter lasted this long. I did not bring my charger, so I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's gonna die." But no, but thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, where can people find you online if they want to reach out to you? Sure, you can find me. The best way is on Twitter. Um, I'm Mishy Fishy Who with two O's at the end of that. Um, and you can find me there. Um, if you want to be a magic content creator, want to apply to the creator program, I actually have a pinned tweet there that gives you all of the information you may need. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, this is actually coming out on my birthday next Friday. Well, so, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday today. Yes. Oh, that's future. right. That's right. <laughs> no, but um, just thank you again for coming on. And it was great. And, you know, one day maybe I'd love to have you come on again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much, Zuby. It was a good end for my day here at Wizards of the Coast. Well, so. awesome. Great. Well, thank you and have a great night. Thank you. You too. Hey everyone, and thank you all for watching this episode of Magic with Zuby. I really appreciate it, and I just want to thank Michelle again for coming on the show and, you know, taking time out of her day to come on and talk with little old Zuby here about, you know, content creation, magic, and D&D, and all that other good stuff. Um, and thanks again to Wizards of the Coast for allowing this to happen. Um, very much appreciated. Very, very very appreciated of it i enjoyed the hell out of that episode it was a lot of fun and um yeah so if you want to um help support the show in any way possible uh you can reach out and look at the show's patreon at patreon.com slash magic uh this show can also be found on your favorite podcast app including itunes google play stitcher and tune in radio and if you want to reach out to me you can reach out to me via facebook.com slash magic on twitter at magic on instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com and once again, thank you all for listening and watching and have a great night.